Hey everybody, James Shepard here with another edition of the Merchant Sales Insight. Today, we're talking about selling dual pricing, the cash discounting alternative. Now, let me just say that I did create a different um, Merchant Sales Insight, also sponsored by Valor Paytech, of course, uh, on the case for dual pricing, which I put out uh, maybe a month or so ago. So you can always go over to ccsalespro.com slash insights and take a look at the case for dual pricing. So that's the one where I dive a lot deeper to talk about what is dual pricing? How does it work? You know, what is it all about today? I just want to talk about selling it. Um, and so I'm going to dive into this text again. This is brought to you by Valor Paytech, valorpaytech.com, uh, fantastic terminal processor agnostic, ready to go for dual pricing. I recently went into the field to try my hand at selling dual pricing. I greatly enjoy talking to merchants and walking into a business on a cold call. There's just something so exciting about the experience, especially when I close a deal. I recently posted some pictures with my son, Donnie, as we installed some terminals, Valor Paytech devices, of course. We had such a great time in the field. I plan to share what I found interesting and even surprising about selling dual pricing versus my experiences selling cash discounting. And I should pause here and say that there is a really cute picture of me and my son, Donnie, uh, with some terminals behind us there doing a, a dual price deal. If you want to check those out, uh, obviously go to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, and uh, you can download the full PDF there. I reached out to Valor Paytech for this edition because I couldn't think of a better sponsor for this topic. Not only did I sell Valor terminals in the field, but the installation process was seamless. I loved the merchant and consumer experience of dual pricing on the terminals. Please note, I am not an attorney. Nothing contained in this document should be considered legal advice. All right, here we go. What is dual pricing? For those accustomed to selling cash discounting, traditional pricing, or compliant surcharging, you may be wondering what dual pricing is. The concept is very simple. We have all experienced true dual pricing at a fuel station that offers a cash price and a card price. That is dual pricing, two different prices. This is different from non-cash adjustment and compliant surcharge programs. There is no separate line item added to the cash price when a card is used. Instead, there is a cash price and a card price. <clears throat> Only the total is listed for each. <clears throat> The good news is that the economics are the same in terms of residual income and margin. For a non-cash adjustment or compliant surcharge account, the cash price might be $100. A separate line item of 4% called a non-cash adjustment or service fee or surcharge is then added, bringing the total to $104 when the customer uses a credit card. For dual pricing, the customer or merchant would choose either the cash price of $100 or the card price of 104 at the beginning of the process, usually before the receipt is printed. Then the receipt prints with only one price. So it would either say cash price 100 or it would say card price 104, but there's no separate line item for a fee that's added based on the uh, type of payment. I should also mention here <clears throat> that debit is not considered cash. So uh, when we're doing dual pricing, <clears throat> the economics are exactly the same. We have the cash price, which generally, of course, is going to be their existing price on the shelf. Um, and then we have the card price, which is going to be 4% higher or whatever you know, you're using there, the differential. Um, and the card price is for all cards, credit, debit, everything. Okay. So an example, on the Valor terminals, the merchant will key in the cash price 
The terminal displays both the cash and the card price. The terminal prompts the user to select one, either the cash or the card price. This is generally done in one of two ways. Number one, the merchant turns the terminal to the consumer asking for a choice of payment method. Now, this would be usually when we're dealing with larger average ticket sizes, the merchant might key in the amount and say, hey, here it is. You want to pay with cash or card? And the, the consumer would actually pick one. The second uh, way it's done is that the merchant verbally asks the method of payment and may provide two different prices. So the merchant might say, would you like to pay with cash or card? Now, I put in here that they may provide two different prices because when we're dealing with something like a quick service restaurant, a pizza shop, uh, any other kind of specialty retail, small ticket, um, in those cases, really most of the time, the merchant's not going to say the cash and the card price, and they're not even going to key anything into the terminal when the person says they want to pay cash for obvious reasons. They're going to have a sign, just like always. There's going to be a sign with much simpler language than the old kind of non-cash adjustment version. Um, and it's going to alert them to let them know the price is going to be different when they use their card. Um, and they'll see it clearly displayed on the receipt when they get it. But for smaller average ticket, usually the merchants is saying, are you paying with cash or card? If they say I'm paying with cash, they just take the cash. If they say I'm paying with card, they put the cash price into the credit card machine, which will then gross it up to the card price. And they click that they're paying with a card. They swipe the card and that's it. So uh, I want to make that really clear because I think a lot of you, you know, there's been a lot of misinformation out there and some of you might be really confused about dual pricing. Honestly, dual pricing is really not different than the non-cash adjustment relative to the economic model. It's just a little bit different in the way it's displayed um, and how it works uh, in the sales process, which I'm going to talk about. Where should the cash on the card price be listed? Well, in a re recent Merchant Sales Insight, I did a deep dive into this and other compliance questions. So make sure you read the case for dual pricing, which I talked about earlier. At a high level, the cash card price definitely should be listed on the terminal screen or POS screen. Beyond that, the answer to this question of where else should these two prices be displayed depends on several factors, including state law. There are certain states where there is a law that says you have to display both prices on the shelf um, and, or the menu, and there are other states that really don't care about that. So some people still argue that the cash and card price must be listed on the shelf or the menu. This argument does hold some validity in certain states. However, in my opinion, showing it this way on the terminal and receipt along with compliance signage is a big step forward uh, and, and really is, uh, is sufficient uh, for most situations. And I would say even more than that, if you read the case for dual pricing, my other document, you'll see that I also believe that that's up to the merchant, not up to you. Your job is to make sure it's compliant at the counter. Um, it's up to the merchant to make sure it's compliant on the shelf. Why the switch to dual pricing? Several large payment processors have offered dual pricing for a while with tremendous success. I was watching and researching these programs with plans to create content. Then Visa decided to show their teeth in a recent memo. They called out the non-cash adjustment programs as non-compliant surcharging. Thus, that seemed the right time to make a pivot. Again, refer to the case for dual pricing edition of the Merchant Sales Insight for more information on this point. Initially, the paragraph above what I just read, that was my only rationale for going with dual pricing. It was kind of like, oh my, Visa's coming after non-cash adjustment. We better you know, jump ship here and do dual pricing, uh, which is same economic model, but we can kind of you know, get around some of these compliance issues, make it a better experience. Um, but, you know, it was a program, you know, when we think about these programs, though, you know, surprisingly, I found many other reasons to offer dual pricing when I went out in the field. 
So what I want to talk about in the following chapters uh, here really is I just want to give a quick explanation of why I believe the switch for dual pricing is a great idea, not just from a compliance perspective, which I talked about exhaustively in the other edition, but here I want to talk about actually selling it and why I like it so much. Number one, the opening pitch. Many of the elements of my old cash discounting pitch were still with me as I started in the field selling dual pricing, but I quickly got rid of them. In the past, I walked into the business, engaged in some small talk, then asked if the merchant was still paying processing fees or if they had eliminated them like most other local businesses. So I'd say, you know, uh, Susan, it's great meeting you today. Great talking to you. One quick question before I go. Are you still paying for credit card processing fees or have you eliminated those like most people have done? That was my opening pitch or part of it. And it worked really well with cash discounting because I was able to grab their attention and then they would instantly ask, you know, how does it work? So while I still do like this approach, I quickly found a much better one. Almost everyone at a fuel station, almost everyone is familiar uh, with fuel stations having dual pricing. I found leveraging something familiar with a positive correlation to what you're selling is a good direction to explore. After a few trips into the field, I clearly understood how I should change my opening pitch. Asked if the merchant has eliminated payment processing fees, asking that question is often surprising or worse. Uh, merchants have actually now heard of surcharging or cash discounting and they don't like the idea. So I decided instead to go in a familiar direction. I started asking, have you ever visited a fuel station that had a cash price and a card price? So far, I've been prospecting uh, three full days, I would say, in the field. Only one person so far could answer uh, that, you know, they had not heard of that, right? So pretty much everybody answers yes. Then when they answer yes, I say, uh, what many business owners don't know is that this type, this exact same setup is now available to almost all business types after some recent changes. I help business owners with the setup. Their current price becomes the cash price. Then the point of sale system at the counter is used to create a card price just a tiny bit higher. My company collects that small amount of extra revenue on each transaction to cover credit card processing fees so you don't pay anything. Does that make sense? And it's been interesting for me to be able to go right at it like that. So the response to this opening pitch has been great, much better than my old cash discounting pitch. Evidently, the idea of fuel stations is a familiar mental connection that makes most business owners feel more comfortable with the concept. Now, I should stop here and give a little caveat. I'm in rural central Pennsylvania, not nearly as competitive. I would love to have tried that in some of the more competitive markets. Uh, so again, full uh, transparency may or may not work for you. I'm just trying to give you a couple of ideas. But however you fit it into your pitch, you may not be able to go quite that direct, right? You may have to go around a little bit. But I think the fuel station example, the main takeaway is I found that this correlation between fuel stations doing the cash and card price, that concept is very familiar with business owners. Um, and so I would definitely be using that in your opening one way or another, whether my exact pitch works for you or not. So try some variation of this pitch in your market and see how it works for you. I don't say the paragraph above word for word, you know, depending on the business owner's personality or body language, I might ask, why do you think fuel stations do this? Or how do you feel about this practice by fuel stations? Or do you support their right to charge a lower price for cash? Those are all three great questions you can ask to break the ice and, and get them engaged in this conversation. Pro tip, bring a Valor terminal with you to the merchant's location as a demo unit. This can backfire if the merchant sees it before you're opening, so leave it in the car. But after the initial conversation, offer to show what the terminal looks like with dual pricing. Uh, demo how it would work for the merchant. He or she will intuitively understand the dual pricing. The objection. 
Anyone who has sold cash discounting or surcharging knows the objection you'll hear is some version of my customers will be upset. With dual pricing, you can use psychology to your advantage in the opening to dramatically decrease the negative effects of this objection. Use the fuel station example. As you talk, reinforce the idea that this practice has been widely accepted for decades. Here's an example. Are you familiar with fuel stations offering a cash price and a card price? They've been doing this for the last 20 years. They say, right, yeah, I know about that. Well, this practice of having two prices has been accepted by consumers for decades. You can be sure that every single one of your customers has at one time or another paid a slightly higher card price at a fuel station, right? I found that although the objection was still mentioned about their customers being upset, it was phrased more like a question when I used this psychological approach and reinforced the fact that customers are, you know, already okay with dual pricing. It already exists. They might say something like, how are my customers going to respond? Well, that's a buyer sign. That's not really an objection. You know, or they might say, I don't know about this. I'm afraid my customers will be upset. But when they say, I don't know about this, that means that they want to find out more. They're just not convinced yet. So the, the, the objection when I did get it seemed to not be nearly as uh, concrete or immovable as with cash discounting. When the objection surfaced, here are some tips that I wish someone would have told me a long time ago. Okay. Uh, I've been selling cash discounting for a long time and selling now dual pricing for, uh, just again, not very long, but <clears throat> I've talked to a lot of merchants about it. Lots and lots, hundreds of, of salespeople and ISOs. And first of all, I wish somebody would have told me to recognize this objection of my customers will be upset for what it is. The merchant isn't saying that their concern is about losing money or that customers will not shop there anymore. Usually the ob objection is some version of my customers will be upset. In other words, the concern is the customer experience. Small business owners want their customers to have a great experience. Rather than convincing merchants that consumers either won't notice the fee or won't care, try instead to convince them that this program is the best thing for their customers, that, that it is the fair thing to do. Here's how I do this using a price increase pitch. When they start to bring this up and, you know, again, they maybe ask it as a question or as an objection about their customers being upset, I say some version of this. I'm sure that there have been times when you had to implement price increases of some kind, right? They'll say, sure. I'll say, now, let's say that your lease on your building or your payroll cost went up significantly and you needed to raise prices in order to cover this cost. What do you think is the best and most fair way to implement this increase? Should you increase the price only on certain customers? Should the price go up slightly across the board for everyone? You know, because everyone's experience is affected. I mean, how would you do that price increase? Now, normally they'll say, well, yeah, we would increase the prices across the board. Okay, well, what if your cost on one item went up significantly? How would you handle that? Of course, they'll say, well, we would, uh, you know, we would increase the, cost, the price on that one item. Then I'll say, well, the cost of accepting cards has gone up every year for a decade now. Obviously, you're already passing this cost on to your customers within your current prices. However, I think the real question is, how should you pass this cost to your customers? Is it fair that everyone should pay a little bit more because only some people are getting cashback rewards? Or should only those who get the rewards pay the slightly higher price? What do you think about that? Now, again, experiment with it. I think you'll find it's very effective, but again, you're going to have to tweak it to your market and to your approach. So 
I really believe that selling dual pricing is a fantastic way for you to grow your portfolio. Um, again, the approach can be a little different. Use the fuel station uh, part of it. Don't get all hung up on the details. Uh, again, you know, I'll be honest with you. Since I've started putting the content out about dual pricing, I really haven't heard too much about Visa taking any real significant action against non-cash adjustment. Um, you know, I haven't heard anything new, I should say. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't. I'm still hearing things from the larger acquirers that they're very nervous about it. And as an extension, these are really smart people. And so generally, I'm a little bit nervous about it as well. So I do think there's still a really good compliance um, aspect here. But what's funny about it is, you know, I was already researching it before the compliance issue. I put it into SuperDrive and like, oh, we got to get this out really, really quick to the audience because of the compliance. Now, in retrospect, I wish I would have been pushing it all along because it's just easier to sell. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's easier to sell. I've witnessed the interactions between the customer, between the merchant and the customer. The merchant understands it more intuitively. The customers get it. Uh, it's just a lot better. I, I don't know any other way to tell you. It's just, it's try it. I'm telling you, it's easier to sell it. It's a better experience with the customer, better experience with the merchant. So um, all in all, I still think it's a great thing to do from a compliance perspective, as I talked about in a recent edition. Um, I'm not seeing the urgent pressure I was even a, a couple of months ago. Um, I still, I don't regret coming out with the idea that we should switch to dual pricing because I do think that it's a credible threat from Visa and it's, they were facing some pressure as well on the regulatory side. And so I think it's still a good thing to do for the industry as a whole. But I think I'm actually more excited now about the sales aspect of dual pricing versus the old non-cash adjustment type programs. All right, a quick word about our sponsors. Now, I don't talk about, on the, in the audio version, I don't talk about our sponsors every week. This week, I want to talk about our main sponsor, of course, Valor Paytech, who is by far my personal favorite in terms of providing terminals. Um, you know, they're, it's easy to sell. I had a great experience with it. On one sale, I actually set up the virtual terminal and physical terminal. So my new merchant could email or text invoices and he loved that feature. So Valor supports dual pricing as well as all the other various forms of passing the cost on to the consumer. You know, they do support non-cash adjustment. They even support compliant surcharging where it only adds the fee to credit, not on debit. All these options, including dual pricing, are available on all their devices as well as the virtual terminal providing a true omni-channel solution. And you can go to ValorPayTech.com to learn more about that. Now, for those of you that are listening in, hang with me for two more minutes because I want to tell you really quickly and mention some of the other great companies that sponsor the Merchant Sales Insight. They have a full-page ad if you go and download the edition, but I just want to really quickly mention them. Um, obviously, ISOAMP is my company, Statement Analysis. Go to GetISOAMP.com if you're looking to outsource Statement Analysis with confidence. Quantic is a really great point of sale system. People ask me all the time, James, what would you do for, you know, restaurants, right, uh, out there? You know, what's a good solution for restaurants that's going to compete with Toast and others? Quantic is a great solution, uh, truly processor agnostic. So you can go to getquantic, Q-U-A-N-T-I-C, getquantic.com. Uh, then we talk about retail cloud. Retail cloud, not only is it great for, you know, retail, as you would imagine, a great, again, processor agnostic point of sale system, but they're really changing the way consumers are ordering on their mobile device with Ticket. It's T-I-K-T. Um, and so definitely head over. Uh, you can actually, they have a really cool uh, domain you can go to. Of course, you can go to retailcloud.com, but you can also go to yourticket.com slash go. Um, it's your ticket. So Y-O-U-R and then ticket is spelled T-I-K-T dot com slash go. 
North American Bank Card. They are really tearing it up lately with bonus programs. They were doing our, that we were recently talking about selling through the summer, but they've got a lot of really great things right now uh, on the B2B side with their acquisition of Paytrace. Um, you know, they've always had a, just a great onboarding. Um, a couple others I wanted to mention, Charge Sentry. Uh, you know, doesn't get a lot of press because, you know, oh, it's about PCI compliance. That's boring. It's really not. And it's really important to a lot of merchants. And as you start to go after some of these non-traditional verticals, you know, chargebacks can be the thing that lands the sale for you. So definitely check them out at chargecentury.com. Uh, I want to talk about Tilled. Oh my goodness. Tilled is fantastic. So Tilled is the company I, I've written about several times now that's going after these ISVs, these software companies. If you really want to build a rock solid portfolio, find a software company that's serving small business owners and get them connected to Tilled so they can integrate into the payment processing with Tilled and then Tilled will share the profits on that. Payrock is a sponsor of ours and they have, uh, they sell the uh, Valor uh, terminals. In fact, when I went out in the field to sell transparency, I actually put it in a video I'm going to release, but I actually was, I sold the deals for Payrock. And um, I had a great experience with them. Uh, they're a, a big distributor of, of the Valor Paytech terminals. They really are one of the main pioneers of the dual pricing. And they've got a great program there. So make sure you check out Payrock. It's P-A-Y-R-O-C, payrock.com slash go. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to end it there for right now. I will probably mention a couple of sponsors next week. but just kind of want to mention a few sponsors every week just to kind of keep it uh, top of mind for those of you that are doing the audio version. So again, thank you so much for supporting this publication. Uh, hopefully it's going to add value. You're going to get more sales. If there's anything I can ever do for you, shoot me an email, james at ccsalespro.com. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week.